All right. I'm sitting up in my podcast position. <laughs> podcast posture. <laughs> Time to sound like I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Today is Tuesday, July 9th, 2019, and you're listening to the official View News produced by View Mastery. I'm Greg Pollock. And I'm Adam Jar. You can find links to all the stories we talk about at news.viewjs.org. Evan Yu spoke at JSConf Asia in Singapore three weeks ago, and a video of his talk was recently posted with him speaking on Seeking the Balance in Framework Design. It's a great video to watch if you want to fit your mind around the different trade-offs and decisions that need to be made to create a front-end framework, or evaluate which front-end framework to use. So decisions like what? Like scope, meaning do you build a less scope framework that's more flexible and has less features, like React, or a high-level scoped framework that is less flexible but ships with more features, like Angular? Right, and Vue is progressive. kind of in the middle, meaning you can be less scoped if you want to, or opt into additional features like Vuex or Vue Router. You got it. And Evan points out that his talk isn't about saying that Vue is better. Because he doesn't really have to say that it is. <laughs> For everybody to know. <laughs> Well, it's great that each of these front-end frameworks targets different sectors of scope, and developers need different solutions. Different strokes. <laughs> For different scopes. <laughs> last week program with eric which is a youtube channel and a person and maybe a taco recently posted a quick video showing what it's like to convert a simple view component to use the new function api of u3 but view 3 isn't out yet you are correct but there's a view function api plugin which allows you to give it a try using view 2 nice so i can play with that setup method and see if i like it yeah but keep in mind this new syntax is going to be completely optional with view 3 but i was looking forward to rewriting all 1000 components in my entire view app yeah i know so you don't miss out i know you love the rewrite and it's completely unnecessary Anyways, check out the video if you want to get a simple example of how the API feels. All the feels of the API. When you're ready to get your app running live on the internet, you have a few options for deployment. Like Heroku or Firebase? Yep, or Netlify. And a new post on View Mastery's Medium blog guides you through the process of deploying your View app with Netlify. Kursanawat Kausanwang shows how simple it is to sync your project's GitHub repo to Netlify so that whenever you push to master, your app is automatically built and redeployed. Check it out. When it comes to internationalization with the Vue app, there's a few different ways this can be implemented. And a few libraries out there to help. Last week, Nicholas Bouvet showed a creative solution using Vuex. Basically, once a component is mounted, Nicholas dispatches an action, which calls an API to fetch all the translations needed for a particular page, and then these get loaded reactively once the translations are returned. So is it going to make an API call for translations every time that page is loaded? Good question, and no. This implementation properly caches the translations so they're only loaded once. Nicholas even talks about how you could use the Vuex persisted state plugin to store the translations in local storage so when you revisit the page, the Vuex state will have them. Okay, that makes sense. But what if we release updated translations? How would you invalidate the cache? One way to do this is by using a hash. And Nicholas shows you how to do this so when you deploy a new version of translations, the local storage gets cleared. A helpful but sometimes underutilized feature of Vue is dynamic components. Like a tabs component that dynamically brings in the correct child component based on the selected active tab. Exactly. Tabs is a great example. You can also use dynamic components when working with lists of data. You might have an object with dozens of fields and each of those need to be rendered differently. Like a date might need to be formatted like a date. Right, versus a confusing string. Exactly. Or a taco. Um, 
or, or, <laughs> or more tacos. <laughs> or maybe you have a section that needs to be capped at a max amount of characters and you have a show more, show less toggle. So instead of bloating your HTML with all of this minutia, you can make use of dynamic components, which handle how exactly those data fields need to be displayed. Drewtown.dev just published a great article showing you how. If you've ever wondered how that Tinder-like swipe left, swipe right functionality works, you're not alone. But you're probably alone because you're still swiping. Right. Trying to find a match. <laughs> but what I mean is, meeting writer Yeah was also curious, and he did a search for view swipeable cards, which led him to the view to interact NPM library. And he wrote a tutorial on how to use it? Yes, he did, because the library is really just a boilerplate. So Yev walks through how to detect if the card was dragged out of view, then hide it, how to stack the draggable cards on top of each other, and then how to control those swiping actions via buttons as well. He ends up with a working swipeable app he calls Kitinder, a dating app for cats, but I'm not sure phones detect kitty paws. <laughs> <laughs> As you may know, writing functional view components is one way to speed up your view application when you're working with hundreds of components. Like when you might have one component for each cell of a big table. Yeah. However, functional components have some restrictions, like attributes and event listeners are not passed along automatically when you use the component. For example, classes and IDs are not passed through like they normally would be. Right, which might confuse other developers if they don't realize they're using a functional component. Luckily, there's additional code you can add to your functional components so these attributes and event listeners are passed along. And Marcus Oberliner shows you how to do this in an article this week. Vue is becoming more and more TypeScript friendly, but there are still a few gotchas you run into when trying to make your code type safe. Like what? Like the content of your template and style tags in your Vue single file components, those aren't type checked. So you'll still have runtime errors. But doesn't Vitor for VS Code help you ensure the properties in those sections are recognized? Yeah, it's a good workaround. And in a blog post this week, Nikita Sobolev gives additional workarounds to make Vuex, API calls, Vue Router, and Vue Test Utils even more type safe, but not kitty swipe safe. Keep your paws to yourself. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the official Vue News. Join us every week for the latest news in the Vue community. 